Good afternoon, welcome to the market wrap number 101. Why do we do this? To give clients and potential clients just information about what's going on in the marketplace in the UK, residential that is. Stuart Williamson here at the helm. If you like, do subscribe, do share, do uh, press the reminder button, all that sort of stuff. This is my first um, market wrap under the uh, under floodlights, bit of a technical issue, so it's a bit late in the day doing this. I want to thank you for all this co comments last week on, a, on our 100th issue, particularly one gentleman who said, if this guy could read, he'd be watchable. I'm not sure what that means, but oh, the slings of arrows of outrageous fortune do hurt me so. So what's big in the news? UK inflation hits 40 year high uh, as energy bills up 9%, according to BBC, Telegraph and the like. Specifically, Britain's inflation rate surged to its highest levels since 1982, piling pressure on consumer budgets as the nation's cost of living crisis intensifies. The increase is more than double the rate of basic rate, basic rate growth. Okay, squeezing consumer spending power at the fastest pace it's ever been squoze. Almost two percentage points of the rise came from jumping energy prices, which you'd know if you're under fully car up, I think it's virtually double what I was paying five years ago. FTSC 100 index barely moved when this information came out. Basically means it's all priced in. They expect it to get worse. They expect us to get used to these cost of living jumps. The pound did retreat a little bit though, following its biggest rally in 17 months on Tuesday, as investors try to you know, make money on the currency because it's pretty beaten up at the moment. The bad news for consumers is that price increases are going to intensify. As mentioned, that's the sort of price into the market according to the FTSE, with the Bank of England predicting double digit inflation by October. That's grim. Um, and it's going to be around to stay. The, you know, the Bank of England is very, very apologetic, saying they should have sorted it out. Really, I suspect there's some colluding between them and the Conservative Party. And although they say the end is nigh, they want this to go on because they can't afford to put interest rates up by too much if the Conservatives are going to win. That's just my view, not necessarily that of APW. Housing costs are going to be hit. It's going to have an effect on the on the housing market in the UK. First and foremost. Residents of housing association properties, their rents and service charges are typically linked to inflation, so they'll be really suffering. At the same time, it's going to have an effect on buy-to-let landlords, because interest rates will go up 1.5%, I said last week, hopefully I'm right, and general costs will rise. So let's see what mitigating factors which make it still good to buy buy-to-let in the UK. The overall UK rental market forecast, according to Knight Frank, has the following to say. They say UK rents are forecast to increase by 4% in 2022. Longer term supply constraints, strong tenant growth and robust earnings growth will support an increase of 17.1% in rental values over the next five years. 17.1%. People often say to me, will it rent? It sounds like it will. The number of properties available to rent during Q1 2022 was more than a third lower than the five-year average pre-pandemic. At the same time, demand for tenants has continued to rise. Why? Because they can't afford to, to save money because they're spending so much. The RICS residential survey reported recently that tenant demand has risen to its highest level since 1999 in this January. 
while new landlord instructions remained in decline. In part, the supply shortfall reflects that the fact that some landlords have left the sector because of tax and regulatory changes in the last few years. They don't expect that to, to change, neither do we, although offshore we have a lot more benefits we can use and so we should keep, keep buying. Rental homes relative demand will be a key factor underpinning rental growth in all regions in 2022, notwithstanding the fact that short-term inflationary pressures will inevitably act as a break on larger uh, on household finances and so stop rents going by too much in the longer term. Current forecasts from Oxford Economics suggest inflation will end 2022 at 7%. I, sus I suspect a lot more than that. But cumulatively, it would be 13.7% up between 2022 and 2026. In later years, supply will remain tight, but Knight Frank are forecasting that earnings growth will act as a main driver behind rents, resuming a long-term relationship and supported by the robust outlook of the employment market. So that's past this recession, it'll do very well. The scope for stronger rental growth, so better than that 17%, in areas where rents are relatively more affordable, which is the North and the East and West Midlands. Plus the prospect of further regulatory reforms towards the end of the forecast period, largely around the EPC, Minimum Energy Standards, have the potential to limit supply further. 75% are not even a C at the moment, so it's going to have potentially a massive problem. In summary, Knight Frank expect rental increases to be above inflation over the next five years. 17% versus 13, leaving landlords ahead. I would suggest it can be a lot closer to parity, but it's still going to be way outstripping earnings growth. So it's a good place to be for a, a buy-to-let investor. Let's see what Zoopla say. What's their take? UK annual rental growth for new, for new lets rose to 11% in Q1 2022, as demand continues to outstrip supply. Rents have bounced back in London from minus 1% to 10% plus in the last year. Sorry to interrupt you, Stuart. I just want to tell our listeners about a couple of special projects we've got going at the moment that they may not know about. Firstly, APW TV. It's our new TV project. We're going to be releasing once a month on our YouTube channel where we take a deep dive into a location, a property type or an aspect of property. You can check out our first one on Birmingham with Kate McIntyre for APW TV. Secondly, the APW podcast. I know you guys are here, so you probably like videos and YouTube, but you can check out our podcast on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts every Monday morning, uh, APW Property Pod. And lastly, if you'd like to have a chat with us to find out a bit more information or anything like that, or you've got concerns about a property that you need help with, we've got a form just below down there that you can pop your details into and one of the guys, one of the team will get in touch uh, to have a conversation or to send you more information. Anyway, there we go. Back to you, Stuart, at the helm. Wage growth hit 8.8% last year and cumulatively, UK rental growth has not kept pace with earnings or inflation since 2016. Rental demand is particularly acute in city centres as students and office workers and international demand returns. The rise in rents is pushing up affordability metrics. 37% of gross income for a single earner and 18.5% for sharers. That's how much they're putting towards rent out of their wages. Tenancy lengths are extending. People are rolling over. 
because they're trying to maintain where they're living at a good rate. They believe though at Zoopla that rental growth will start to slow later on in the year as the bounce back eases and more challenging economic conditions emerge. In summary, they say, high levels of demand amid constrained supply is still putting upward pressure on rents, but affordability pressures will mean an, in, an easing in rental price growth through the rest of 2022. That is Granine Gilmore, head of research at Zoopla. What's our take on it? Affordability squeeze is occurring. You know, we're seeing people having to put a lot more money into their, their, their rental. That means that they're going for smaller places, HMOs, studios, one beds, less expensive options. Another factor we're seeing that's making the UK quite special is WFH, working from home. Working from home has become so embedded in the UK that we're now in a unique situation amongst advanced economies. According to the FT's analysis that draws on Google mobility data, mobility data and research from the universities of Stanford and Southampton. Didn't know Southampton had it in them. Commuter numbers here were more in the UK are still more than 20% below pre-pandemic levels as of last Thursday, they say, compared to say Germany, which is back within 7%. Experts and academics quoted in the FT put that down to a mixture of the UK's oversized services sector, its flexible labour market, plus high commuting costs. Nations like Germany and Italy, for example, have much more industrialised economies with fewer computer-based jobs that are in turn therefore much more highly re regulated. How about that? There is clearly a cultural aspect to working from home that is unlikely to embed a divide in working habits between nations. What does that mean? Basically saying that cultures work differently and you know, some will be happy with it and some won't. They're saying they're waiting for how does hybrid work pan out? I mean, the Institute of Personal Directors said 40% of companies were getting a better return by people working from home. Research from Knight Frank say, says it's unlikely to see these working practices adopted in places like the Asia Pacific region or large parts of North Asia, such as Greater China, South Korea, or Japan, where they will have no hybrid working going on due to a very much entrenched office first work culture. Okay. So what does that mean specifically to the UK by telet market? Search for space still goes on. So house prices outside of cities will still be going on. Office space will be becoming less used in city centers. We're seeing that there's a lot of these office spaces being converted to PDRs, permitted development rights, which is basically where you take an office block or you take a, an old shopping center and you turn it into flats. And if that's done well, it can be a good purchase. If it's not done well, it can be a nightmare. So it's very important you should you know, always do your research on these things to make sure they are run by proper companies. But city centre PDRs do very well and I'm seeing a lot of it in London going on as offices have been turned into places to live. So again, demand for HMOs and smaller city centre apartments is picking up. What is another aspect that the buy world is seeing an impact on its valuation? Supply chain issues. 
basically it's knock-on effect is the government again is not going to be able to hit its 300,000 new build home target. The supply demand mismatch which started back in the 70s with Margaret Thatcher is just being pushed further and further along. According to uh, Knight Frank research there's a new round of supp supply chain disruption going on that's hitting the construction industry as a direct result of Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. According to Knight Frank, four in 10 house builders responded to their latest survey said they believe build cost inflation and supply chain disruption will have the biggest impact on the sector in Q2 2022. And it's interesting actually to see how, and it is quite interesting really, to see how these concerns have changed over time. If you look at the chart here, concerns over labor have gone up from 6% a year ago to 15% this year and concerns of key building materials have grown from 8% to 28%. Now house price inflation, we're seeing it, you know, house new builds are going through the roof. And it's enabled some house builders to offset at least some of the increase in build costs through that increase. But land values are going to come under more pressure as house price growth slows and build costs keep rising. For example, greenfield development land values rose by 5% in Q1 with urban brownfield land values up 4%, according to the latest residential development land index. Now, I hope that was watchable, and uh, I hope I read as much as I could in a, in a format you can understand, and I didn't upset the gentleman again. Um, the three factors we've got are rental values are going up because there's a greater demand. Why? Because there's not enough to go around, but also because people can't afford to buy at the moment because it's too expensive for them to live. You've secondly got um, working from home. That is pushing house prices up still because you've got people still wanting to only commute two days a week, which is fair enough. And then thirdly, you've got this issue with um, not being able to get the building materials or the labor to finish the job in the UK. So there you have three aspects are making it, making being a buy to that landlord a not bad idea because rental values are going up. And if it does go up by 17% or more in some locations, then that is going to outstrip inflation or, or run it very close to outstripping it. But it's going to be probably more than double what wages are doing. So it's a good investment part of the market to be in. So hence, if you're buying from offshore and you're looking at SPVs, you're using a UK allowance, it's a good thing to do. There are some ne negative aspects, obviously, with interest rates will go up, and we are seeing a bit of a crackdown on, on the mortgages that are available to expats. But in the bigger picture, where will we be in five years' time? I would have said that all this will be over and we'll be back into you know, things going up very well again and be a great investment opportunity. So buy now. It's not going to be a crash, there's going to be a slowing down and let's keep on moving. So thank you very much, thanks for subscribing. Do take care, hope you enjoyed it. All the best, cheerio, bye bye.